There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we're the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into another episode of NFL Friday, WFUV's NFL podcast. Nick Fade is here, Thomas Aiello, I'm Chris Hennessy. Early on Friday morning, shortly after the Jets lose in embarrassing fashion, to the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get to that. We'll get to the Giants and their their headset issues and all that great stuff as well and some Aaron Rodgers and a lot of other things. But gentlemen, how are we doing this morning? Doing great, Chris. Uh, one of my favorite shows to be on here, NFL Friday. It's a little preview of uh, what we got coming up this weekend, a little recap of last night with the Jets, a uh, recap of some of the Giants. It's always fun to talk football. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, little scared over here, shaking in my boots because of um, – Jordan Love is going to be playing this weekend versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what? As a longtime cheese observer, it's a little terrifying to not see Aaron Rodgers under center. So I'm doing okay for the most part, but that's the one contingency. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that in a second for sure. Uh, but the first, the what we're going to talk about first is Mike White mania heading into yesterday was as high as high as expectations as there's been around a Jets game since Week 17 against the Bills in 2015. Um, obviously that did not go our way either, and yesterday was almost as bad. Um, the defense did not show up yesterday, and I think that's the number one takeaway. Yes, Mike White did injure his arm, and that's a concern, and you hope that he is able to come back for next week against the Bills. Uh, sounds like that's possible, um, and I do have a lot of concerns about how that was handled on the sideline too. We can get to that, but I think, Nick, the number one takeaway is the defense decided that they were just going to leave themselves in New Jersey, not come to Indiana, and let Jonathan Taylor and Nahi Himes um, run run all over them. Yeah, it was a flat performance, Chris. It's it's You give up 45 points in a game to any team. It could be, the, well, maybe not the Chiefs of uh, this year, but the Chiefs, the Titans, whoever it is, uh, you, you can't win a game if you give up 45 more often than not. Uh, you know, the offensive showing wasn't terrible, but you're right. The defense was the problem. They stayed home, clearly. Uh, and you're going to play like that in a kind of not a crucial game, obviously, for any sort of playoff relegations or, or, or <laughs> meaning, obviously, for the Jets. But, uh, you know, you want to get, get some momentum here. Mike White was a great, great, uh, I guess, not pickup because he was story. on the team. But story, yes, thank you. And he, you know, you come out in the second game and it's uh, he gets obviously hurt midway through. But you're hoping, you know, you can kind of keep that magic alive. Uh, but the defense definitely just did not help that, and, and that's why they end up losing the game. And I thought it was a little, I don't want to say embarrassing or emasculating for the Colts for them to let 30 points up to the Jets, but the Colts' run defense is still as hellacious as ever. 88 run y- running yards allowed by the Colts' run D, but the passing disparity, I mean, they were giving up over 400 yards to the Jets. However, 
The Jets, Chris, I, I really do feel bad. I, I, I am sorry. It, they are the no, most. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> the Islanders won six to two yesterday. Okay, I'm there you great. go. So don't you, worry about me. you have some salvation. Yeah, but the Jets really might be the, the most unlucky franchise in the National Football League. Yeah, we finally had our, our, a, a guy who looked like he knew how to pass because Zach Wilson doesn't look like he knew no, he, he doesn't how to throw a football. Um, and I do think that that's a mental problem, which I do think can be fixed because we see we saw at BYU, we certainly saw. I don't love pro days personally, but we saw it at the pro day that he can uh, he can th- he can sling it. So I do think it's a mental problem. Um, the one positive I will take away is that Mike Lafleur actually looks like he can coach now. Yeah, he actually uh, did call a good game for the first six games of the season up until the second Patriots game. He was on the sideline, and there was no semblance of coherence in the offense. There was no. There was no calling of easy plays for Zach Wilson, and then all of a sudden he goes up to the booth. He pulls out he pulls out the backup game plan out of his back pocket, and they score 30, 34 points against the Bengals. And granted, a lot of it was in garbage time, but thirty points here against Indianapolis. It looks like the offense finally has something cooking, um, and the defense, which had been the, the lone positive for the first month of the season, has been the stark worst in the NFL for the second month of the season. Um, I do want to challenge one thing you said there, Nick, because you said that there's no playoff implications and yes they're two and six it's stupid to say but if Mike White goes out there he has another game like he does they beat the Colts they're now three and five they're tied with the Colts or I guess the Colts would have been three and six and you know Cleveland's struggling Denver's not particularly good obviously we know Kansas City struggles they would have had an opportunity maybe they're not going to get into the playoffs but had the opportunity to make the games in December matter which is all you could ever ask yeah. for from this Jets team going yeah. into the season is make the games in December matter. They yesterday made sure that no game after last night matters. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's I think the problem when you know you get your hopes up. I think every New York fan uh, can kind of share that that burden of oh we have one game when we play well maybe 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 they can keep it going and it's just you know flat it's over. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but with the Jets, I believe last week against the Bengals was the first time. Or the first time all season where they scored in the first quarter. That's correct. It was the first, <laughs> um, and oh that continued in this game. That was the only points they've scored. So in the first exactly. Quarter. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Obviously, that doesn't decide a game, but you look at it and say, well, you're basically already digging yourself a grave through a quarter of the game. Uh, you know, there's certain th- certain stats that you can always blame or point to, but this one's just glaring to me. Uh, it always has been, even through the first two weeks. I said, when are they going to score? You know, when are they going to get something going to start the game on the right foot? And the Bengals game they did, and that was one of, if not the best games they played. Uh, you know, and this one it was just kind of the opposite, uh, and especially with the 45 points. I, I, I don't know necessarily if the Jets can just kind of bounce back after this. You know, it's harder to bounce back from a tough loss than it is uh, ride the momentum of a win. Uh, but the Colts just gave it to him last night. There was there was no secret or denying that. And just a correction, the Elijah Moore touchdown was in the first quarter. So they have 14 first quarter okay. points. There you go. Wow. Yes. He's big, act- big I like Eli Moore. He's actually pretty good. He's I, been, I like he's been completely invisible until yesterday. Oh, I know. It, him and Denzel Mims are just getting. Well, Denzel Mims is a different problem. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Here's what I think the Jets should do going forward because I do like the running back duo of Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. At least for now, it's there's a little shake to it, and I I do think that copying the the Cleveland Browns model of the two back format. And then building up the offensive line, that'll help out your young quarterbacks a lot because it gives them easy dump offs. It makes their lives a lot easier. It takes a lot of pressure off of them to throw a deep ball at some point in the game. But I do like the two back formation. And I do need to say that Michael Carter, I mean, even though he was kind of somewhat silent last night, 
he he has some real promise. You saw in a couple of those pra- plays that he had some of those runs, and then he had that one catch that he ran for almost 40 yards, which was actually 37 yards. He's got some real promise. That could be a real piece for the Jets. Now, if Makai Becton was probably healthy, I think we can say he would be even better than he is right now. I think that's a that's a fair assessment, but I do like what they've got in that backfield. The receiving game is – it's been hit or miss all year. Elijah Moore, again, as Chris just said, he was just invisible until last night. Jamison Crowder, who's supposed to be the underrated slot guy, is well, – He was hurt. And he was hurt, and he's he's in and out of the lineup too. And Corey Davis, to me, has been a major disappointment. Now, yeah. Granted, it's because the quarterback can't get him the ball, but – He also has no hops. <laughs> he really, he really just can't jump. Like it's, it's a disparity to say the least. And, I f- feel bad. And he has, he's kind of that guy where he has one game where it's like, oh, he made five catches for seventy-five yards, and yeah, the offense, the whole offense didn't score a touchdown, but he was pretty good. And then it'll be like one reception for nine yards. Yeah, it's yeah like, oh, come it, on, it doesn't now. make any sense. He just he blanks some games, like uh, how Amari Cooper and Odell Beckham will. Like Odell, at least when he wasn't what he is now. It's a whole other story. Yeah, he he would he would have the the seven or eight catch games with two touchdowns and over a hundred yards, as Nick Fada will tell you, as mm-hmm, yep. resident Giants observer. And the same thing can be said for Amari Cooper, but then the next week they would just go blank. And then, oh, where did this guy, like, where'd he go? Is he on vacation or something? Seriously. I do, but again, the receiving game, yes, Chris, you are correct. Corey Davis has been a disappointment. I think they, the Jets need to just hold on to as much talent as they can. I mean, yeah, you really can't get out of that Davis contract. He's kind of stuck here for a while. But I think he could be a fine receiver. He does yeah. lead the team in receiving yards. Yeah, he just- can't be the one, though. Can't, I don't think he can be the one. Well, yeah, you hope that one of the two guys you just drafted with high draft capital are. Yeah. And up until yesterday, neither one of them had proved they can be. I think Elijah Moore could be a hell of a player. Yeah. Um, he could be a real player. I do like him. And I honestly was surprised that the Giants took Young Joko over Elijah Moore. I thought for sure in that spot that they were going to go with Elijah Moore, and they didn't, and obviously that reaped benefits for me. But um, <laughs> I, the schedule the schedule is pretty weak here. Yeah. So I— I would personally like to see Mike White go next week against the Bills, assuming he's healthy. Then let's put him aside. Because as great as Mike White has been, I, it's possible he's the quarterback, I guess. But it's more likely. There's a higher probability that the quarterback is Zach Wilson. I After just, Bills, they have Dolphins, Texans, Eagles, who are three not very good teams. So I think that you need to see something in those three games from Zach Wilson. Coming off the injury, he's rested. Three bad teams, two of those games at home. They have to go to Houston, which is an indoor stadium. I think that those are three games I would really like to see Zach Wilson play. Um, but obviously, if Mike White goes out there and shocks the world on Sunday and they beat the Bills, then I would take that back and say, say that Mike White should go. But assuming that they lose to the Bills, which I think is an assumption we could all make, even if they had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, they'd probably lose to the Bills. Um, that I, I think that Wilson, assuming health, should come back for the Miami game. That that's that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. So it was a tough loss last night, but um, yeah, the season is the season is so over. It's not like once Lafleur finally starts to look competent, everybody's hoping Salah starts <laughs> to go down now. I look at you know what you said with Zach Wilson coming back and, and needing to get something going. It's almost although he's a rookie, it's his prove it part of the season. Uh, because he's he's the whole season's a prove it season for oh, him. Oh well, absolutely. Uh, I think there's just something to to still play for here early enough where, yeah, you're not just a garbage time. Uh, I was gonna say lottery team, but uh, <laughs> it's not the NBA here, folks. But you know, it's he's he's got to show, especially those three weak teams. They're very winnable games. The Jets have shown when they play 
good football, they can take down some good teams somehow, <laughs> uh, surprisingly so. But those three teams uh, that they got, like you said, it was uh, Dolphins, Texans, and Eagles. Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, yep. No, they're horrible. <laughs> horrible. I think the Jets arguably could be better than all three of those teams. Maybe not the Eagles, but uh, those are the games that I want to see really Zach kind of, I guess, grow in because I don't know, Chris, what you've been hearing or what really you've been thinking, but I've had some guys I know who follow and love the Jets saying Mike White is the future. We don't, we I don't think want that's Zach possible. Anymore. I think it's possible. It's not impossible to say uh, that. I don't last, think that's a crazy claim. Last week I compared – the the Zach Wilson Rob Sala tandem to the Josh Rosen Steve Wilkes tandem. Mm. Wow. Because why not? Yeah. Why not? No, that was yeah, that was right. obviously pre Mike White. Yeah. <laughs> but why not? Because they hadn't proven anything. This team, every single road game this team plays, they get absolutely murdered. Yeah. It's un like they went to London and they didn't even show up for the first half. Nope. They they go to Indy for this game and where was the defense? They went 280 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. They went to New England. It was seventeen nothing before you could sit down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me. What are their other road games? Uh, the I, Panthers I think, game, which they got crushed in the first half, oh, yeah. and the Broncos game, where they lost twenty six to nothing. Those oh, are the road man. games this year. That's I know, crazy. It's so it's point differential. It's really hilarious to think that the Jets spent the second overall pick just to have Mike White be the quarterback. <laughs> it really is. But, like, Chris, think, but think Chris, about I it. really hate to make you upset, but it's just I, really I, funny. I'm telling you, I genuinely don't care. I think it's actually <laughs> I hysterical. I just, don't want you to, I just don't want you to like hate me forever that no. I'm like, clowning the Jets. Like We're going to talk about my team in a bit because they're a mess as it is, but like my God, the Jets, every week there's something new. That's 90% of talking about the Jets, though. Is the, these guys exactly. do it. Like, they really do it all. And it's so impressive. I, I think if you had woken up from a coma, the oh morning, the mor- no, 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 listen. Yeah, if you're woken up from a coma, the morning of the Bengal game, as a Jeff fan, and they sat, you sit down in the chair and you put on the Jet game. Like, okay, tell me everything that's happened. It's like, all right, you know that that crazy guy who's the defensive coordinator for the 49ers? Yeah, we got him as the head coach. Oh, cool. How great is that? Oh, actually, he kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, Mike Lafleur's brother, he's our offensive coordinator. Oh man, that sounds so great. Um, well, actually, they can't call any plays that work. <laughs> and we sent our second overall pick on a quarterback. It's like, oh, that's so great. Is he any good? No, he sucks. <laughs> and then then you would have turned on that game and be like, dude, what are you talking about? This second overall pick is great. It's like, actually, that's the 26-year-old from Western Kentucky that just, like, bounces around the NFL. But, you know, it's fine. And then Keelan Cole, who is the other new Jet this year, randomly shows up in the one-handed catch plays in the end zone. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm all Look, I'm all for that. Catch. I am all for that. I really do not care that he doesn't fit in the offense. Keelan Cole is a joy to watch. And I call him... As the nickname king, I have nicknames for people. Ready? Keelan Sr. Just Keelan Sr. Not even his actual last name, just Keelan Sr. It's just like slick. The senior comes from where, may I ask? Is he Keelan Cole Sr.? Yeah. Okay. Keelan Sr. All right. That's his go-to name. It's not a crazy one. It's like a D plus. Yeah. My best one, I think, is Harim for Kareem Hunt. Harim's... That's not his name, though. His name is but Hare- <laughs> no, it's, Har- it's Harim. It's- All right, the Giants have headset issues. <laughs> they do and have headset issues. And we're going to get to that once Tom gives us his start, sit, and sleeper for fantasy quarterbacks. So this week for the start, who I assume 99.9% of the fantasy football universe will start, is Josh Allen versus the Jaguars. I don't want to go too much into this, but Emmanuel Sanders went blank last week. Uh, Dawson Knox, he's not back yet. However, it is the Jaguars who are run by Urban Meyer. I'm, again, not going to elaborate on that. But I think they're just such a superior team. There's no reason to not start Josh Allen or any of the 
significant Bills pass catchers. I, I don't know if you guys disagree, but uh, there's really I mean, no- I mean, one in seven Josh Allen yeah. is the owner. He's the only only good part of my entire life. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, I traded away McCaffrey, so, but that's a, oh. that's a topic for a different day. Uh, I would also recommend sitting this week Ryan Tannehill versus the Rams. Yeah. I, I'm not too... I'm not too thrilled that Derrick Henry is going to be out for pretty much the entire rest of the way here. And that is a humongous blow to a Titans offense that really relies on him to do so much. And now Tannehill is forced to pass to A.J. Brown. It'll be the Tanny A.J. Brown show. And then I guess Julio, if he just limps around as a distraction, unfortunately, because Quintoris can't stay healthy at this point in his career. So it is going to be a pass-heavy offense. However, I do not like Tannehill versus that Rams defense, especially now Von Miller is on that team. So that that just overall blitz in general is going to be a menace to society. And Jalen Ramsey is in the backfield, just or the secondary, just waiting to pick off a ball from Tannehill. He slips up once. Uh, Ramsey might get like three interceptions in that game. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Without Derrick Henry, it's hard to get that passing game passing game going because he's yeah. that offset to play action. He's just that, that good, yeah. Derrick Henry. Definitely agree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the sleeper of the week is my guy Jordan Love course, from the Green Bay Packers. Now, listen, to be fair, and again, this is the preseason. We can't freak out too much, but he, he looked okay. Like He didn't look incompetent. He understood, okay, I'm going to dump off to Aaron Jones. I'll make this pass. He's got Devontae coming back this week. Alan Lazard's here. David Bakhtiari is a mysterious unknown. They said he's coming off the pup, but we, we don't know if he's going to play. But that'll help out Jordan Love a lot if he comes back. And Aaron Jones is in the backfield with A.J. Dillon. Again, we see that two-back formation here, use of by the Green Bay Packers. And I think it's going to be a ground-and-pound game for the most part. But if you need like Jordan Love, who probably won't want to make a ton of mistakes and he's going to play it safe every time, that would be my sleeper recommendation if you really can't find anyone else in your standard PPR league. Well, and I think the reason you might start Jordan Love is they're playing against a terrible pass defense. Yep. Um, but Daniel Jones was not able to take advantage of that on Monday night, a 20-17 to loss yep. for the New York Giants against the Kansas City Chiefs, and we can break down the game. It's a week old now. We all know what happened. The offense stinks. Um, and I think, I think what I want to talk about more is the heel turn of Joe Judge. Because uh, I think that's far more. F- uh, we could we could have a discussion until the cows come home about is Daniel Jones the guy? The uh, the true answer is nobody really knows. Yeah, right. Um, but the heel turn of Joe Judge has been fascinating to me because I think last year they lost a lot of games like they did this Kansas City game. They were close against teams maybe they shouldn't have been close against, and they lose by two three points like the Chicago Bears game, like the Rams game, all those kind of games. And you're like, okay, well they ended with six wins, right? Six and ten. Yeah. <clears throat> so they ended with six wins. It could have been eight. Pretty easily. Should have, probably. Probably should have been eight. And this is a team that, going into the season, you would have picked to win four. So at the end of the day, Joe Judge looks like he knows what he's doing. Okay, that is completely out the door eight weeks into this season. Because this guy, uh, there's been now reports that there have been headset issues league-wide, and the league has been trying to squash them, and he is the guy who who spilled the beans on that. Um, But the NFL said that... what he complained about, which is the headsets don't work in any stadium in any week, is not true. Um, I I don't understand why he said that, and <laughs> and unless he truly doesn't know that the they cut out with ten seconds or fifteen seconds left of the play clock, that's the only thing I could think of, or 
what this report is is actually true, that they've been having these issues all year long in the NFL, and they're trying to keep it under wraps. They're trying to fix it. But then you got to go to hand signals. you got to do something. The, the fact that you're going to have eight weeks of headset issues and not think of a secondary plan on the road in one of the loudest buildings in the league yeah. is completely preposterous to me. Uh, I, I look at it almost, I don't want to say an excuse because, you know, I don't it think— It is an excuse. Yeah, I don't necessarily think he would, he would lie per se, but even if that's the case, you know, you got to work around it. you got to—it's your job as a coach to, to improvise and fix these things. Obviously, that's not how you want to do it, of course, as a coach, but, but you're, you're, you're ready to— do whatever you need to do to win a game. And I think Judge hasn't had that sort of, uh, like, spark or fire that he had in his rookie campaign as a Giants head coach. Uh, and, and really, it's the, the sad part to me is I looked at a graphic where the past five seasons through eight games, the Giants have started one and seven three times, two and six oh my gosh. twice. It's, and, and I've wondered why I haven't been as excited for Giants football in the past five or six years because it's been horrible. It's been terrible. And, and – you know, it's every game. I've said it so many times when I've talked about the Giants. Every game except the games they're supposed to lose. They get well, maybe not the Broncos. I think they should have and could have beat, but horrible performance. They lose to the Rams because the Rams are better. Uh, you know, they they lose to. Uh, I'm drawing a blank Dallas. on a couple of the teams. Dallas, Dallas yep. way better. Uh, Kansas City. They're supposed to lose to, but this game, in my opinion, they shouldn't have. Uh, I say every time they're their own worst enemy. They shoot themselves in the foot. Then the knee, then the thigh, then the chest, and, and you know it's 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 terrible. With penalties, uh, obviously that that interception that got called back because of uh, the offsides penalty on I think it was O'Shane Zimes. Yep. Uh, and it's just you see the again it's 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 devastating as obviously as a player and a coach, but you're sitting and watching these games, and it's it's just devastating to see you know the the loss of just everyone gets deflated. As a fan, you get deflated. You look at the players; they're done. As soon as that call got reversed, I knew the game was over. And for the Chiefs to win off a field goal, not at the buzzer, obviously, but it, it's just, you know, they're supposed to kill us. And we're in the game as, as, as a very competitive, low-scoring game, but the execution is never there. And you can't, obviously it's on the players, but where is Joe Judge to kind of, you know, work something new because it's the same story with the Giants every time. If, if they had not lost the Washington game, Jumping off sides, and they had not lost the Atlanta game, giving up that field goal. They would be four and four, which is tied with the Carolina Panthers, who, if you remember, they beat. Therefore, they'd be currently sitting in a playoff spot. Ridiculous. I think it's hilarious that that Jason Garrett is still the offensive coordinator. He won't be. And if you're talking about a secondary plan where the headsets don't work, why don't you just use Jason Garrett just clapping? Okay, (laughs) one Garrett clap is a run play. Two Garrett claps is a screen pass. Three Garrett. You get the point what I'm saying here, but it's hilarious to think that Giants management thinks Jason Garrett can be a good OC and that Joe Judge is the right man for the job. I mean, he makes his players do friggin' push-ups and suicides in practice as if this is 15-year-old Nick Fada, Tom Aiello, and Chris Hennessy at, <laughs> at, high, at high school freshman basketball practice. These are professional athletes who play a wildly physically demanding sport, and you have to preserve their bodies over... What is it? A six or seven month stretch of time, I'd mm-hmm. say. If assuming we, they make the playoffs, so you, what do you go? Maybe eight here or seven months. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Yeah. So you can't, you can't be, as as our man Tree on YouTube calls them, you can't be a derp and just <laughs> destroy their bodies and then go out there and 
expect to play hard-nosed defense the whole time. You have to score the ball, and the Giants just cannot do that for some reason. Daniel Jones doesn't even use Kenny Galladay. Now, he's hurt at the moment, but he, he's bar- he was barely getting used when he was playing. Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, they're getting more targets than Galladay. Darius Slayton's getting... Like, Sterling Shepard is Daniel Jones's savior. He really is. He, it's it's really funny. And then Kadarius Tony too, who I do have to say, I did not agree with that draft pick, but he has looked pretty good. So I, I will give the Giants a pass here. But the worst part is that they really overrated themselves coming into the season, especially the defense. Yeah, I, definitely. E- everything defense. about the defense that I thought would be really good is has been bad. The secondary? Secondary's secondary been... Secondary is disgusting. Disgustingly terrible. Yeah. They they look like a, a, a puke stain on someone's t-shirt <laughs> when they walk into a room and you're just going, oh, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then their linebacker coverage, I mean, you lose Blake Martinez now, as I can say, again, as a resident Green Bay fan, yeah. losing Blake <laughs> blows. I know, I know it does because when when Blake went down for my team, it, it was so horrible to just watch the run defense or at least just run coverage in general try to function without him. It was it was really a sight to behold. But now they lose him, and everyone else is up and down. I me, mean, Bradbury's not what we w- thought he was last year. Dory Jackson, the most overpaid cornerback too in football. Oh yeah. So everything about the Giants team is well minuscule. It's no longer giant. At this rate, that was that was a good one. Thank that you. took me a second. Um, <laughs> at, at, at this rate, Judge is gone. Uh, I would beg to differ. I, I don't know how you could keep him. got to say point. it depends on what happens. It, d- it totally he, depends yeah. on what he, happens. Here's, I don't think anything good. <laughs> here's what I will say. I will, I'll let you go, Chris, but I will say to defend Judge a little bit, he is an incredible motivator, and he is wildly hungry. And I don't think that's a bad thing for this sort of team that looks really flat and Leonard Williams. But they're, they're so undisciplined, and they take terrible yeah, penalties yeah. at every they turn. They do. They yeah. have no game plan. There's there's nothing happening from this coaching staff. Sloppy. But who? But see, here here's the thing. Who are the other options if they fire Judge? I mean, they pulled Joe Judge out of nowhere. Yeah. So I, I, like, are they going to hire Biennemi? Maybe people won't people won't hire Bienemy uh, because of his past. Maybe maybe they'll maybe it'll be Bienemy. Maybe it'll be the uh, Dable, the the Buffalo Brian guy. Dable, maybe it'll yeah, be it Leftwich. Him. Maybe it'll be who knows. I, yeah. I have no idea. Maybe they'll get a college guy. I have no idea. Yeah. But I think I I think at this rate he's gone. Maybe he could turn that around. I think Gettleman's done. No question Gettleman about has that. To go. Yeah. I think he has he really to go. Has he should have gone at the end of last year. They they lucked into being in a terrible division and they were one game away from getting in the playoffs and that's why he stayed. Um. And yeah, that defense, the the division is so terrible and every year. This is this is a weak class for quarterbacks, so I don't know what Daniel Jones's future is. If you can trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, maybe you do that. No. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you say that, but your guy doesn't want to be on your team anymore. I don't know what I don't know. What Aaron Rodgers wants to do. He, he wants to be to, the host of Jeopardy. Uh, I I will. I am totally. I am honestly totally fine man. with that. I really am. He can. I I love Aaron. I really do. He. I invited him to Sunday dinner for all these years. She's never come once. <laughs> But I, I, I would not be upset if he went to to Jeopardy and continued his hippiness, which has rubbed off on me. By the way, I have become somewhat of a Rogers hippie. If he went to Jeopardy, I would have no issues. What, what we'll really get, wouldn't? We'll get to Aaron Rodgers. In yeah, a second, we will. We will. But if if they trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, maybe that's the answer. But I think I th- I see a way that they go into next season with only Daniel Jones remaining. I I kind of hope they do. To be honest, yeah. Um, Why? I I've. You know, he's grown on me this season, Daniel Jones. Uh, obviously, he still ha- has his faults. You know, uh, he th- I, th- I think he throws more picks now than he fumbles, which I-, I think is better, at least for him, because his fumbling 
in the first couple seasons of his career was arguably was the worst. Issue. Arguably the worst Definitely I've seen bad. out of a quarterback. Um, but you know he's played with with a good amount of confidence this season, good amount of aggression. Not where it's you know too many uh, balls that are forced places. Uh, maybe every once in a while, but I said it so many times in the game against New Orleans and the game against uh, Washington, uh, and obviously the game against Carolina. They the Giants' offense wasn't really great, but Daniel Jones was still looking to push. Uh, he was just I think he was a real good leader for the team, and, and he kind of got it going together, which is something you know where the Giants. Again, the hope was the defense was strong, and the the offense has a solid amount of weapons where Daniel Jones can get it to them. Uh, you know, it's only happened a couple of games though, so obviously there's a lot of injuries, there's a lot of improvising that he's had to have have done. Uh, but I, I really think you know this year has been a different step for him because he's not the same quarterback that the Giants have seen the past uh, two or three years, where uh, it's it's kind of that sloppy turnover here, turnover there. Uh, obviously, you can't make certain throws. When you don't have certain personnel, uh, you can blame the receivers, you can blame Daniel Jones, but I, I don't think necessarily you can throw uh, him in the fire for all the, the I guess, kind of the, the chaos and, and terribleness of the Giants so far. I would say about Daniel Jones, he's definitely better. I, Nick's right, the fumbling is, it's still a problem, but it's not much of one where the Giants fans are going to break their TVs. Mm-hmm. The interceptions thing, however... Eli Manning 2.0 over here. <laughs> Forget that. Like That's also an issue, but you guys are right. The quarterback class for this upcoming draft is really not good. I mean, Matt Corral might be the one instant quarterback to have that can go in right away and, I guess, turn a team around a little bit. And Malik Willis from Liberty is kind of like the antidote Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, where yeah. he moves around a lot. He's very dynamic with his legs. Yeah. Where uh, Daniel Jones has that ability, but... Malik Willis, I mean, he's trying to play like Lamar Jackson. He's, he's, in a lot of ways. Willis is very elusive. I do have to give a shout out to Tyler Who because he kept screaming about, oh, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. And I'm like, he plays at Liberty. How good can this kid mm-hmm. actually be? So then I go on the YouTube, the wonderful website of YouTube, and I look up his highlights. I go, okay, maybe this kid's honest. And something. we're going to see how good he is because they're playing Ole Miss on Saturday. Yeah. I, I mean, he's got, look, he's got a set of wheels. I think that'll help the Giants. The problem is, and George Young, who was the GM all years ago for the Giants, said you're never going to win without the elephants up front. You need an offensive line. The Giants still do not have yeah. that. And Andrew Thomas, I mean, he's okay at best. Been much better this year. He's yeah. been much better, yeah. but he's he's no Bakhtiari. He's no Trent Williams no, or any of course of star not, left tackles. You, you can't think... get Joe Thomas every time you pick a left tackle. No, he's you been can't. a perfectly serviceable left tackle. Yeah. The rest of the offensive line that's is a complete just, disaster. Wow. That is just wow. I really don't know. You have to build that up somehow, and – Giants fans are like, oh, they were KV on Thibodeau from Oregon. Oh, the defense was. You have other needs, please. The defensive line is fine. I have. And the Lions are going to take him anyway. Yeah. Sure. Well, they're going to. Yeah, they'll take him because. Or who is the Lions? The Lions. Oh, right. yeah, the Lions. The Lions yeah, will yeah, take yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they and also. If, and if he everything. drops to the Giants at five, they should take him because yeah, it's number one should. prospect in the mm-hmm. draft. Yeah, that's true. But they're not. he's not going to get to them. So. No. Uh, I, I just yeah. build the offensive line. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Completely agree. We're gonna get into uh, Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers and the unfortunate story with Henry Ruggs. But first, we're gonna hit what running back starts to start sit sleeper. Whew. Yeah, more fantasy football. More fantasy I, football. Chris is one and seven. I traded away Christian McCaffrey. See, for, I didn't trade away Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, see, and I should have taken Derrick Henry. I thought about taking Derrick Henry. I was like, Camaro is <sighs> the guy to have this year. Mm, he really was. Him and. Very, um, sadly, but. 
Nick, I mean, Nick Chubb in principle is good, but he just he's he like misses game, games yeah. randomly. But speaking of Mr. Kamara, the Vice President Kamara Harris, I have him as my start this week. He's got the Falcons, who... That was a, your worst nickname. That was, that was the worst one. But that's also not my nickname. I didn't make that, that one. That was ridiculous. But, um, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But Kamara's got the Falcons this week, who have a putrid just defense in general, other than Deion Jones and Gardy Jarrett, I guess. So there's that, but... Kamara's probably going to be running all over the the Falcons' defense. I do not like really anything that they're doing on that side of the football. And the Saints on offense are that good where Sean Payton can make bum quarterbacks who literally appear out of thin air look amazing. And Alvin Kamara is a humongous safety valve. So I'm going to say start him this week. Khalil Herbert, who has been very, very solid for this three- or four-week stretch here, sit him this week. He's got Pittsburgh. Their pass rush, like the Colts, is hellacious. It is relentless, and it is horrifying because there's Tiny Watt, TJ Watt. You've got Cameron Hayward's there, Minka Fitzpatrick. They've got Devin Bush, Alex, all these guys. I can go on and on with that defense who just know how to stop people, and the Bears have no O-line. Justin Fields looked pretty good last week versus San Fran, but I think he's going to get a real awakening playing the Steelers. And my sleeper... Nick, you know this name very well, Boston Scott, who randomly goes off against the Giants every year. That's what I know him as, is the running yeah. back that just it's obliterates the Giants. No, I know. it. The Eagles The Eagles hide him on the bench for the first <laughs> six weeks. Then they come and play the Giants, has a great three weeks, and then he just goes away forever. Yeah. Then doesn't show up until week 18 this year for the last game of the season, which is hilarious. But Boston Scott is my, my sleeper because there's no Miles Sanders. Hopefully he'll be healthy soon. And Jalen Hurts also, again, another young quarterback that needs a dump-off option. So there you go. Good stuff, Tom. Thank you. And the two the two stories that dominated NFL news this week were, one was obviously a horrible tragedy, and we'll start with that first. Henry Ruggs III uh, getting into a high-speed car accident uh, in Las Vegas and uh, killing the, other, the, the driver of the other car. Um, him and his girlfriend are still alive, serious injuries, and Henry Ruggs will be going to jail for a long time. The Raiders cut him. Uh, his charge is D- DUI and killing somebody. Uh, DUI with death, and that is at least two years in Las Vegas, and there's no parole in the state of Nevada. So he is not playing in the NFL, certainly, this season. Uh, and if I had to guess, never again. But obviously our everybody's hearts goes out to the victim, and there's not too much else we could say besides I don't think we're ever going to see somebody who had such an incredible incredible ceiling uh ever play again yeah he you know he he already was starting to be great and he and i think he could have been even greater uh Derek carr said a very interesting thing uh how you know obviously it's it's horrific it's a tragedy that you never want to see happen to anyone uh and and i think because it's it's an athlete and because there were so many legal issues with it that it, it you know a lot of hate has gone out to henry ruggs which of course you never really want to see uh, I think Derek Carr, from quoting correctly, said, "Someone's got to show him love, and 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 it'll be me if it if pretty much I yeah. need to." Yep. And you know, it's it's inspiring out of a guy who really can could have said nothing, could have let it go, and just focus on the team. Uh, it's he's just such a great leader, Carr. I, I hope the Raiders can kind of you know keep this in their thoughts, but but move on as well and play. Uh, you know, some good football and, and stay focused. They've been having a great season. It's a horrible, horrible uh, just 
I guess a bump in the road is an understatement for it, but uh, I was very impressed with what Derek Carr said about that. I do like how Derek Carr has come a long way to being a, a good person. He really mm-hmm. has become very a great classy. person and a very good leader. But really, Henry Ruggs, I mean, it, it is sad. And, yes, the victims, they are okay, as Chris said. So that's it's good news. But why can't we just focus on the craft at hand, play football? Why does everything else have to just, just get in the way? You no, got to go out and drink and drive 156 miles an hour on a friggin' street, and then you crash the car, and you damn near kill people. Well, da- he did kill He did kill someone. No, yeah. The Raiders offer drivers, too. and, and The whole league does. I, they have a, to, There's yeah. a service, and this was came up when the it's Andy Reid, the unfortunate situation with Andy Reid's son happened. Yeah. That the league, if you're an employee of the league, you can call a number, and it's just your personal free Uber. Yeah. And they come pick you up. They take you wherever you need to go. No questions asked. It's also free. Done. Yeah. Also free. Does well, well, he no makes million dollars? Like so who really cares? Yes. But no. Yeah. But still, you could call an Uber, and it could be across the country. You could still afford it. Like that's not right. the point. But like, yeah. I, no, I, I, okay. Like, just don't. Just don't be a, a soup brain, please. Everyone, yeah. don't drink and drive. It's it's not okay. We learned this as young kids in middle school and early years of high school. You you need to be really careful. And I mean, it really sucks too. Like Nick said for Henry Ruggs, because he was going to be really good. And he yeah. was on pace probably for a 900-yard, five-touchdown season, which would have been a massive upgrade from his rookie year. But now he's going to go to jail, and he may he may never play again. I mean, sure. I don't think so. We saw, I don't think he will either. Yeah. I, I mean, we well, the, the one well, Michael exception. Michael Vick did play again. Michael Vick, he's one of them. That's the one guy I will bring up because he did come back. Tony Dungy kind of helped him out there. Andy Reid did too. Andy Reid, and then McNabb gave him a lift in Philadelphia, and he revitalized his career in the second half, made a Pro Bowl after for not playing two years. So I, I don't know if that'll happen with Henry Ruggs because it just happened to be at such a young age, and he really was on his way to establishing himself, but he didn't have the pull that Vic had when he um, went to jail for the dog thing. So unfortunate, Henry Ruggs, is, and that's it. And yeah. the so, victims just prayers got to them and their families. So that was the story that dominated early of the week. That quickly gave way to uh, the word immunized and just everything surrounding the word immunized. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is one of the great quarterbacks of his generation. You look at the Hall don't of Fame. do it, please. <laughs> you wanted to talk about this. I know, but don't build them you up. You said, can we, are we talking about the Packers? I, I was like, yeah, I'm I guess ready. we can. I wanted to talk about Jordan Love going uh, who, to no, Mahomes City. Nobody cares about Jordan thing. Love. No. Everybody cares about Aaron Rodgers yep. and his weird vaccination. Yep. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> and now, what will go down is one of the most interesting press conferences of all time, three months after it happened. Aaron Rodgers said back in August that he had been, quote, immunized. When asked, when asked if he was vaccinated, he said, quote, yes, yeah, I'm immunized. So that means to me, at least, you got Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson. No. Shailene Woodley's fiancé has gotten um, some other kind of oh my God. cure. I don't really know. It's some sort of homeopathic situation. Um, I, don't, I don't know. They have not released the details of exactly what it was. Now... Theoretically, if the Packers were a completely healthy team, did not have COVID issues, that wouldn't be a problem. But the Packers have significant COVID issues. They were missing Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard in their Thursday night win against Arizona. Um, And now Aaron Rodgers has contracted the virus. If you are vaccinated, 
you can take two tests that come back negative 24 hours apart. So he tested positive on Wednesday. If he was vaccinated, he could have tested negative on Thursday and on Friday and still played oh. on Sunday. This is the same thing that Saquon Barkley is currently going through, as it appears that was a false positive. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, it was immediate when he tested positive that he was out for the game. So that that turned into he was on. Everybody knew he was unvaccinated the second he test, tested positive. Um, and now he's going to have a lot of questions to answer. Um, it, it will. It certainly will be interesting to see how this impacts a Packers season, Nick. That looked like it was on its way to the one seed. Yeah. The, the question is: Is it going to be one or potentially two games? If he has the to earliest, be. he can come back is Saturday. So will oh. will they allow him to play against Seattle? Interesting. In Seattle or Lambeau? Uh, I think they're at. Let I, me look. So will they allow him to play that game? On, I, I think on that no they practice. Will. They they will. Seattle's not very good, so I think that no, they yeah. probably probably would allow it. But yeah, it, it could be two games. To your point. I, I, I oh, think, they're at Green Bay, Chris. They're at, yeah, okay, yeah, they're so, at yeah. Lambeau. It's it's a just I don't know. I, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's been just recently. I mean, obviously Thomas knows. He, he said he calls him a hippie vibe or or whatever you want to say. But it it's just I I don't understand the logic behind certain decisions. Obviously, everyone. Has the right to do whatever whatever they they feel, but this just seems a little stupid to me personally. Uh, uh, and it's it's now you know it's going to cost the team for sure. Uh, the, I think they're lucky if they pull out a win against uh, Kansas City this week. Excuse me. And excuse me. <laughs> I I really do. I'm, I I think so. I don't I don't know what Jordan Love really has to show, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, Rodgers is is as again as weird as I think he is he's one of the best quarterbacks ever uh there's no denying that uh he, he's shown it year after year you could argue he should have been the MVP uh several years where he didn't win it uh but you know missing him now especially after you know last week Devonta Adams was out last week but I believe he's active for yeah he's gonna right he's coming back. um yep. so it, it's weird you know the Packers are missing a lot of pieces at, at a lot of wrong times uh and I think Rodgers obviously being that kind of key piece uh, holding everything together, it throws a major fork in the road. So I'm a little, you know, disappointed is, isn't really the right word, but it's just I, I'm a little sketched out by by what happened here. Immunized yet not really vaccinated. That doesn't add up to me. So uh, strange, strange situation from a very strange man. <sighs> I am about to go on. A little mini tangent here. I'm not going to try and make it too long, but I it'll be a couple of minutes. So Aaron Rodgers, as I know very well, is a strange dude, as Nick said. He's hippie-ness, like Jimi Hendrix sort of hippie, who I also adore Jimi Hendrix. But Aaron Rodgers, who has been making Green Bay a bit of a, a mess and with the, the, the front office, the cultures, this and that, I don't know who to believe at this point. I, I really tried to take the side of Rodgers. I always try to stand by the players and the front office. Yeah, they make decisions, but Brian Gunkus, I, I really don't know. I mean, he, he's given Aaron Rodgers a much better team than before he arrived. I mean, the year before Gunkus got there, they were 8-7-1 and or 7-8-1, and I believe it was. They missed the playoffs. The, the team was a disaster. And then here comes Gutenkust. Jair Alexander becomes Jesus himself at cornerback. They sign Adrian Amos, and they get all these great defensive players. And then Devontae and Rodgers' battery 
evolves from thin air and then Aaron Jones just shows up. So the team's good. And he has offensive linemen with Bakhtiari and Elgin Jenkins. There's there's stuff there. Okay, there's a lot of things there for him to succeed. I don't know what the issue has been. You can say it's been LaFleur's play calling in the playoffs, uh, running into Tom Brady and company. I, I guess that's a, that's a new one. I really don't know what it is. And then gets trolled by the Bears in 2018, which is pretty horrible to think about that the Green Bay Packers were worse than the Chicago Bears. Point being is that Aaron Rodgers knows that this is it. And he's trying to save a legacy that he has maybe built by a way of himself, that he's a drama queen, he's a diva, this or that. The other thing, you can, whatever the ESPN major sports networks will tell you about Aaron Rodgers. And I know that Skip Bayless does not like Aaron Rodgers because he claims that he has voodoo dolls that of the Cowboys that he sticks little needles in every time he plays them. But I don't know with Aaron Rodgers. I really don't at this point. He's just one big mystery who let his hair grow out and wears office t-shirts to the first day of training camp. John Wick Costner, by the way, B-. Yeah, I was underwhelmed. It was very underwhelming. I I thought it was good. It was good, but I thought. But it was he grew be out the hair. Better. He 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 pushed the whole thing, and yeah. it's like yeah. Uh, Mercedes, I, think I was I, always going to be disappointed. I think Mercedes Lewis won Packer Halloween with the Bane costume. That was so that good. That was cool. He did such a good job with that. But getting back to this, so now they're going to go to Kansas City. Little Jordan Love, little baby Jordan Love, is going to go out there and take all of the snaps under center for the Green Bay Packers this week with decimated O-line that really only has Elgin Jenkins. Again, Bakhtiari, we don't know if he's coming back this week. The receiving core, Devontae Adams is back, but Robert Tunyon tore his ACL. So now it's a tight end platoon with Mercedes Lewis, who's 900 years old and can only really do good Halloween costumes at this point. Jace Sternberger, who's really not much of anything. And then, I mean, Aaron Jones is still healthy. And then the defense is also in shambles because the secondary's beat up because there's no Alexander. Uh, Zadarius Smith, who's the best linebacker on the team by a mile, is not there. And the only real mainstays are that defensive line, which has actually been very good. And then Devondre Campbell, who was signed off the street. So Jordan Love's going to walk into Kansas City to play Patrick Mahomes and the in what should be the unstoppable Chiefs offense, but looks wildly human this year. He's going to play them and their hilariously bad defense. And Tyron Matthews going to say the fans are making us bad, which I know he's going to do after the game if they lose. Aaron Rodgers just needs to get a grip with this whole drama thing. I'm trying to defend him. It's it's, and it it's almost, getting tougher to hold. It was almost like he did. Like the whole thing in the offseason was like he wanted to leave, and people like me who are not a Packers fan, and I wish I was a Packers fan because just you can of- still join when he leaves. And then you can. We, yeah, I know, but at this point, the, the law of averages: the Jets are going to have a good season eventually, and it will be the year after I after I yeah. jump ship. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, the drama felt like it was over. It was like people like me were like, "Okay, why would you want to leave? You have an All Pro left tackle, All Pro running back, and All Pro wide receiver in Green Bay, where you're literally a god." He this is. Seems, he is Jesus up this, there. This seems kind of stupid, but whatever. And then he plays this great season. Maybe he still wants to leave. We really don't know. We haven't heard anything. They've had this great season. He's up in the conversation for the MVP. And everybody kind of forgets about it. Maybe we talk about it with the Giants. Oh, maybe they could trade for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you talk about it with some other teams, Denver. But when talking about the Packers, it was kind of second level. Yeah. Now it's risen right back to the top because 
Shailene Woodley and her harvesting spring water and her making her own medicine has determined that this is this is the proper vaccination for her. And I, I'm I'm ragging on Shailene Woodley. I know I personally had no idea who Shailene Woodley was until she showed up in Aaron Rodgers' life. But they are the weirdest people of all time. Uh. This, is, this is a direct. This is a, oh I lost it. Where'd it go? It's a direct <laughs> quote from Shailene Woodley. Uh, and all the things I said are actually things that she has said in the past, where she says, um, oh, come on, stupid Wi-Fi. Basically, she like harvests her own spring water. She makes her own toothpaste. Oh. She makes her own medicine. Oh, I know. Yeah, I gather my own spring water from mountains every month. I go to a farm to get my food, which, whatever, that's pretty normal. I make everything from my own toothpaste to my own body lotions and face oils. I make my own medicines. I don't get those from doctors. Okay, that's one that we now have to... Oh, that? What? What? what, what? I make my own I, cheese. I, I make my own cheese and forage wild foods and identify wild plants. It's an entire lifestyle. It's appealing to my soul. Which, if you want to do that, that's fine. Sure, but... but if you're Shanley Woodley... But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to say... You have to say that you're unvaccinated because the NFL yeah. has considered him unvaccinated since day one. It's not, necessi- it's not necessarily like what he believes. It Like... He has said to the NFL, I believe I'm vaccinated. They say, show me the vax card. He's like, I don't have one because I didn't get one of the three shots. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, then you're not vaccinated. Yeah. So you can't then go on the sideline and not wear a mask. Go into the um, press conference room and not wear a mask. That You're literally breaking all the rules, and it's going to come out some way. Aaron Rodgers, for the last year, has prioritized drama, basically, yep. over the Green Bay Packers. For the first eight games of the season, it finally felt like that wasn't true. And for the last three days, it has completely been true. I feel really bad for Jordan Love that he has to start in this situation because Brett Favre and all the drama he created, it wasn't even half of this for Aaron Rodgers. Not even half of it. No. So, I, I don't know. I, if you're Green Bay at this point, it's like, get this guy out of here. Like, as great as he's been, if Jordan Love even shows that he's halfway yeah. decent, get this guy the hell out of here. Like, I, I don't it's, know. And I, If I'm Denver or um, the Giants... It's a long conversation about whether or not I want to Because he's going to warrant, at minimum, three first-round picks. Well, that's the maximum amount of third, first-round picks you can or get. Or max, right? yeah. yeah. But in, in principle, it should be more like six because he might be the greatest throwing quarterback in the league that's not named uh, Tom Brady. But, yes, three first-round picks, probably a couple of second-round picks and some sort of fringe starter. That's going to be the package if Aaron Rodgers gets traded. And I don't want him to leave because I, I will actually have a meltdown. Not but that, you already have a starting quarterback. It's not like it's no. not like Tom Brady getting traded from excuse me, getting traded from Tampa Bay where they have Blaine Gabbert as their backup quarterback. You no, have right. a guy you drafted in the first round. If you're getting three first round pick, pick three first round picks plus Teddy Bridgewater, plus a defensive player from Denver, with all the garbage that's been going on with this team, it's the only reason the Packers are in the news. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's it's really hard to formulate because without Rodgers, the, the plays that he, this guy makes... Oh, he's incredible. No, no one else can do it. He's Houdini with the football. Uh, Jordan Love, uh, from preseason, again, this is all we really have as a sample size. He he looked fine, but that's like playing against people like me in the secondary. So, yeah, he can dominate me in the secondary, but when he's going to go up against Tyron Matthew, now again, we have to remind ourselves the Chiefs' defense is 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 really just horrible it's still nfl players like chris jones on the defensive line and and taco charlton frank clark like their d line's okay and tyron matthew's still in the backfield just lurking or in the secondary so you have to wonder what in the world is going to happen today i think again for jordan love's case it's going to be a ground and pound heavy game there's going to be a lot of dump offs to jones and dylan i think you know, maybe there will be some passes but Devonte helps him a ton but with rogers Trading him, I mean, thinking about that now is hard. 
I think maybe in the off season, okay. And if you want to move up in the draft to get whatever, yeah, I'm not saying trade him tomorrow. No, you can't trade him. Well, you can, well the yeah, trade deadline passed. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a conversation. I definitely one that's going to be had down the road on this podcast. But I I really do not know what in the world he wants to do. Again, if he does Jeopardy, State Farm, what the hell are the other? His By the other way, he's going to get in trouble for the State Farm thing too. Because he's not allowed to do those commercials if he's not vaccinated. Oh my gosh! So yeah. He's gonna get in trouble for that too. Well, he's. I don't. I don't. I don't know if anyone really cares at this point. I, well, they're gonna have to care, or yeah. else it's gonna be a major double standard, and Cam Newton's gonna throw a fit, rightfully so. No, Cam. Yeah, Cam's gonna throw a fit, but Cam's also just bad. No, I understand that, <laughs> he's but just he's bad. He's better than Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. That that is Usually. true. Well, I, I, with Sean Payton's system, but point being, I'm just throwing my hands up. I really am. I, I'm just I'm just gonna hold my little Green Bay blanket with my Mickey Mouse stuffed animal version and my Aaron Rodgers jersey on Sunday, just sh- shivering in my timbers. Ooh, shiver me timbers! We're gonna play the Chiefs. Jordan loves going to tr- Mahomes' world. Oh my God, it's gonna be horrifying. So I will send you guys a live video of my <laughs> heart attack I have. If I if I faint and hit the floor and I have a concussion because of the game, however it goes. Just, why, just, why would why would a regular season game when you're the number one overall seed in the NFC because it's Jordan Love fainting? He, it's Jordan Love's he's first just, start. He's just over exaggerating everything. It's for, like, hey, come on, Nick, it. don't ruin the fun now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's it's not very much fun. complaining over there. All right, back wide receiver, yeah, wide receiver, start, sit, sleeper time. We got to get going here. Yeah, we do. So for the start, we're going with another Bills player, Emmanuel Sanders. Went blank this week. Got Jacksonville. I think he's going to come back and have a pretty good game. I, I do, again, it's Jacksonville. They're bad. Shaquille Griffin, I think, wants a refund in free agency. That's all I'm going to say for that. Sit Devontae Smith this week. I traded Allen Robinson for Devontae Smith. And I don't know if I won the trade because both of them have been equally as terrible. I mean, Smith has potential to have better games than Robinson, but Dallas Goddard is still there. They're probably going to, again, dump offs with Boston Scott. And my sleeper this week, you guys ready for this one? Hunter yeah. Renfro. Mm-hmm. Hunter like Renfro. I, like I mean, there's no Henry Ruggs for obvious reasons. Darren Waller's still hurt. And I don't know if Kenyon Drake is really going to be a decent receiving option. And I don't know who, who else is on that receiving core besides Renfro. No, Zay no Jones? Yeah, not yeah. too much, right? Brian Edwards, I guess, is the other oh, yeah. name. But I think Hunt Renfro's better than him. So Renfro is my sleeper this week. So there are your... Your fantasy picks. I want to. I want to throw in one guy who should be an absolute sit. I think forever now is Robbie Anderson. Yeah, uh, that's a good call. I, I'm, yep. I drafted him maybe in the fourth round, thinking it was well, a steal. Maybe fifth round actually, mm. as a wide receiver two uh, behind Stephon Diggs, and I don't think he scored more than ten points once. Well, he had that. He had that twice. one touchdown. He actually had more he had than one twice. touchdown against the Jets week one, and I yes. said yes. I made such a nice move. Nope. No, he is <laughs> he is the worst. I, I would never start him again. That's my forever sit. I, think. <laughs> I, I drafted him over Kenny Galladay. I was like, uh, uh, that's fine. I mean, honestly. and now it's been fine. But I, I mean, he's. I, I've actually uh, then cut Robbie Anderson, picked up Kenny Galladay, and then cut Kenny Galladay. How many? <laughs> so. Wait, how many teams are in your league you can cut and pick up Galladay? Um, well, I don't have any too. Giants fans in my league. Yeah, that's true. Ah, so I nobody really cares. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Um, okay, <laughs> that's funny. So. Actually. Two things, then we'll do the picks. Uh, the Derrick Henry injury to ten, and it, it's going to kill Tennessee. But especially with Indianapolis's win last night, maybe they can make a little bit of a run here. And I think that this game is huge for Tennessee, and it couldn't come at a worse time because, as uh, Tom mentioned in the quarterback sit, the Rams' defense is absolutely incredible. 
Um, and now Ryan Tannehill is without his best player, Derrick Henry. The maximum amount of time he's out is 10 weeks, which is week 18, the last week of the season. Whether or not he's healthy for the playoffs, we don't really know. It sounds like he should be, but he might not be Derrick Henry. The division is terrible, yeah. but Indianapolis has a little bit of a softer schedule coming up. So maybe there's a chance that they're able to catch up. Personally, I don't see it, but Nick, I'll start with you. Uh, certainly a crushing injury to a team that looked like they were finally catching their stride. Yeah, you, you kind of covered I'll, I'll stay quick. It's it's tragic for the Titans, and it's also tragic for us fans. You know, this yeah. guy is arguably the most exciting player to watch in football right now, just off his dominance. Uh, I, I say every time I'm on King Henry, is is there's only a, a couple guys who get the nickname King uh, in their respective sports, and I think Derrick Henry earns it rightfully so. Uh, just so dominant and, and such a fun guy to watch. Where this Titans team, who really, uh, you could argue, has the best offense in the league when he plays, uh, to lose him, like like Thomas said, when you now automatically should sit Tannehill because their offense is now going to be very heavily reliant on that pass game, uh, which it's a, a tough burden when you don't have Derrick Henry. Obviously, um, going to play the Rams, it's it's tough. You, and like you said, Indianapolis is going to be slowly creeping up on him with a weaker schedule. Also, I believe them. I always think the Colts are an underrated team. Uh, ever since Luck retired, I think they've been underrated. Um, but you know, I, I I really just I love watching Derrick Henry. I think it's just a, a master or beast at his craft. Uh, beast, I think, is the more fitting word. Uh, hopefully, I, I kind of want to see the Titans limp into the playoffs and and be able to see Derrick Henry come back. Whether or not that happens, of course, is yet to be seen. I mean, the Titans are just gonna be limping around, period, because everyone gets hurt on this team. Caleb Farley tore his Achilles, I believe, is the injury that he had. Uh, now Derrick Henry with the foot thing. And Julio Quintor, or Quintoris Lopez-Jones, even though we all know him as Julio. That's his real name, by the way, is Quintoris Lopez. Just is a is a, a decoy at this point when he's yeah. playing. He really just is not good anymore. And Julio, when he was in his prime, this was 2011, like this would be a sick team because they also brought Adrian Peterson. He came back to be the running back for the Titans, so that should be... Uh, interesting to see what AP's got left in those legs. But, man, every team now, the game plan is very simple. Double-team A.J. Brown, leave Julio Jones wide open and force Tannehill to throw the ball, and you're probably going to have a good chance of winning the game. And Derrick Henry might just have lost the division to the Colts, who are going, like Chris said, they have a soft-ish schedule coming up, and they really could start creeping up to take that AFC South title. So, I, I, I again... Real quick, this is going to be a quick one, but it's unfortunate, like Nick said, for Derrick Henry to be out for the rest of the NFL because us fans, we're spoiled. We really are watching him, and he's so good. And Hulk is just something else when he just rumbles up the field, but now we're not going to see him for a long time, and he was probably on pace to have another 2,000-yard season. He stopped at 937 total rushing probably, yards, absolutely. 10 yeah. touchdowns, 117 yards per game. All of those led the NFL, by the way, so it, carrying – the Titans offense, but now they're going to rely on their Swiss cheese D whatever's left of Julio and Adrian Peterson. If this team, if this was 2011, that would be a sick team, but it's unfortunately not. So, and then the other thing we got to mention is Odell Beckham, who will, if he isn't already, he might be by the time you're listening to us, a complete free agent in the national football league. He has been cut from the Cleveland Browns. Um, they were working on restructuring his contract so that the, the financial hit on the team was not as significant. And 
It appears that once that is done, he will no longer be on the team. This comes on the heels of an Instagram post by his dad, um, highlighting the times that Baker Mayfield overthrew him or missed him while he was open, failing to mention the times where Ono Beckham just doesn't run the routes or drops the ball. Um, he has been a complete disaster in Cleveland, and Baker Mayfield says good riddance to the guy who was supposed to be yeah, this was supposed to be the Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne with him and Jarvis Landry. It certainly has not been. Jarvis Landry has not been fantastic either, but he looks like he looks like Marvin Harrison compared to Adele Beckham. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of lean back and just yawn at this almost. Uh, it's no surprise <laughs> to me dealing with. He's a diva, Odell. I I, I don't. I used to want to defend him because I loved him so much when he was with the Giants, uh, but he proves it in two cities now. Uh, you know. He's also proved that he's incredibly, incredibly injury prone. Uh, I don't know. I think he's 27, maybe. Yeah, something like uh, that. I think today's his 28th birthday. 28, right? So, and that's the scary part now. You know, he's getting not old, obviously, but time goes. It's it's he's not going to be as explosive or as quick, especially if he keeps getting hurt. Especially if he's not playing as much. Uh, you know, it's it's not like. Yeah, sure, you could blame Baker Mayfield, but it's it's also on Odell for not being as engaged. Players have. Anonymous, anonymously said uh, he's a nobody in the locker room. He doesn't talk. He does nothing. He doesn't lead. Where in reality, if you're supposed to be that number one receiver, uh, maybe you want to take on a little bit of a leadership role. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a shame to always have to go back to it almost with the, the boat picture of the Giants. No, n- neither the Giants or Odell have been remotely the same uh, oh my God. since since those, those pictures were taken. And it's always going to haunt me as a Giants fan. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by it at all. I'm I I don't really care about Odell much anymore because he's kind of been so under the radar. Partially because he's hurt, partially because uh, you know he's not really getting his touches. Uh, you can blame both sides, but I'm not surprised by this. I don't know where the heck he's gonna end up. Uh, I'm sure he gets picked up by some contender, but I don't think. I, I mean, his days as a wide receiver one are long behind him, in my opinion. I would like the Green Bay Packers to sign Odell Beckham. Yeah, that could work. That could, I guess he Green work. Bay or New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, and he'll he'll follow Aaron Rodgers around. I mean, they can be hippies together, so <laughs> it'll be a nice little little peace love man sort of thing. But in reality, you guys ready for this comparison? The Kristaps Porzingis trade 2.0. Where yeah, pretty much. The Absolutely. New York the New York team dumps off the the supposed star player, disgruntled star, disgruntled star as well. And then goes to the new place and then is an absolute fraud, as Absolutely. we will find out way later. So good job on the Giants' part. Good job on the Knicks' part. So New York sports taking big Ws here. <laughs> uh, unfortunate yeah. for Odell. And the worst part about it <laughs> is that he had such high expectations. Chris, like you said, Reggie and Marvin Harrison. That I mean, that's a that's a very wild bar to set for those two. But for, that's what that's, that's what it was. Yeah. They're best buds. They're going to go in there. Baker Mayfield's going to get yep. them the ball. It's been a disaster. Well, ba- ba- Baker's also nowhere near Peyton Manning. No, of course. Of but course. Uh, it, <laughs> Ju- Juice really hasn't had the juice. He's just been Jarvis. You can't even call him Juice anymore. He's just been Jarvis Landry. And OBJ, he's not even Mr. Hands. He's just, well, going to get cut. That's the reality of the situation, and the boat picture might curse him forever. It really yeah. might. And and both franchises, maybe too. 
Uh, today is Odell's 29th birthday. Oh, oh my just, gosh, that's terrible. Just, I really, I mean, happy. What, 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 can we just happy birthday? Happy birthday. But, uh, You're unemployed. Birthday, I feel really <laughs> bad. I really do. All right, you guys ready to do some picks? Yes, sir. I am ready to do some picks. So we're going to start with Odell's former team, Cincinnati, Cleveland. I have Cincinnati winning this game. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Big bounce back spot for them, and uh, and the Browns, uh, their season's falling apart here. right away when I saw this matchup. Browns look a little uh, disheveled out of out of sorts, and the Bengals are much better than people thought, and I think they're going to continue to show that uh, this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the, uh, with the Bengals here. I'm not a fan of Cleveland and anything they're doing right now. Again, Nick Chubb in and out all over the place with injuries. Kareem, my man Kareem Hunt, is still not healthy, and now the passing game is for the targets that Baker might have are decimated because Odell's going to get cut. Jarvis Landry is average, and it's Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashad Higgins' time. So good luck with that. But I have to pick the Bengals. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is the next Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. There's no other way to put it. Dallas and Denver. I have Dallas in a romp here. I don't think Denver's particularly good. They got off to a 3-0 start because they played bad teams. Dallas, not a bad team. Yep, uh, totally agree. Don't got to say much. Dallas is spectacular. I hate to say it, but they're a very good team. So they're going to romp them, I think, uh, right back at you. Cowboys, please. I am going with Skip's Cowboys because they're also playing at Jerry World this week. So very intimidating place to be if you are a visiting team, let alone Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos. So Skip's Cowboys at Jerry World. I, I can't not pick that. All right, the worst game of the entire season is Houston and Miami. Tank ball. Tank ball tank all ball. the way. Uh, the team who's actually trying to tank, he is Houston. The team who's been wildly disappointing is Miami. Therefore, I will take Miami. Yeah, Miami, I think, for sure. They're simply the better team. Um, I don't think there's really any way you can argue that. Uh, they're going to take it easily. Tyrod Taylor. I'm picking Houston. <laughs> I really am. I Tyrod's back. He's re- redeemed, redeemed himself. He's regained his spot from a rookie quarterback, which he's lost. The, the, the recurring theme, he's lost the rookie, the job of the rookie quarterback for like the one zillionth time. But he is taking it back. It's Tyrod time in Texas. I am going with the Texans. Atlanta and New Orleans. This is an interesting game. New Orleans proved last week that they, we should take them seriously, but then they lost Jameis Winston. Trevor Simeon was pretty good. Unsure of the health status of of Jameis, or of Taysom Hill, excuse me. Um, I'm taking New Orleans because I think Atlanta is terrible, um, and I think I'm going to pick against them every week I'm on this podcast because Atlanta stinks. So I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, uh, you know, Atlanta, New Orleans is always a great matchup, obviously division rivals, but I think the Saints are just such a better team. I think Camaro's going to run all over them, receive all over them, whatever you want to say. Uh, so the Saints should win, I think, pretty easily. Now I'm going with the Saints here. There's no Jameis Winston. Nickname for Jameis is Jamoose. I, unfortunately, he is a torn ACL, and the hilarious video of him dancing with the crutches in the locker room was nice to see. But again, like Chris said, Atlanta's bad. Alvin Kamara, like Nick said, is going to be probably everywhere. He's going to just take a spill in a good way over the Falcons' defense, and like I said, start him this week. I'm going with the Saints. The Giants welcome the Las Vegas Raiders into MetLife this week. I have the Giants actually winning this game. Obviously, we, we discussed Henry Ruggs. We know what happened with John Gruden. There's a lot of issues around the Raiders. They're not missing their best weapon. 
And the Giants have a lot to prove because they played like absolute trash on Monday night. So I'm actually going to go with the New York football Giants. Uh, as much as I want to, I, I, from just a mental standpoint, I can't. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Raiders. I think they are the better team still. And I also think the Giants, is, the way they're beat up and, and the way they kind of carried themselves the past few games, I'm disappointed I have no confidence in them right now. they got to prove something to me before I can pick them again. So I'm taking the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Like For all the reasons that Nick said, but I will say this. I think Josh Jacobs is going to have himself a day. It's going to be him and the Hunter Renfro That's show. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah, there you go. See, so now Nick, Nick, you win in some way. Yeah, somehow. You win in some way. <laughs> New England is hot. They've got two wins in a row. They're playing against the Carolina team, who is decidedly not Sam Darnold in the concussion protocol. So it'll either be him without much practice or P.J. Walker. So I'm going to go New England. Yeah, New England is, I think, sneakily good. I think they're underrated. I, I really like what, what Mac Jones has done so far as, as just kind of a rookie stepping in. Uh, and, and, you know, Carolina is, I think, everyone was like, wow, look at them. They're starting to start out 3-0. I don't think they're 4-0, but start out 3-0. Uh, and now you look at them 4-4, they've kind of regressed here. So I think the Pats are taking it. Yeah, the Panthers just really can't function without Christian McCaffrey, and it's hilarious to well, watch. He might, they, might, they might be getting him back. This well, week. I traded him, so I don't care at this point. But... Uh, <laughs> it's really hilarious that they just can't function without him. Sam Darnold really isn't that good. And I was watching a video this morning. Colin Coward said that Darnold is the next Brady because they oh, get well, beat he, up uh, and yeah, yeah. freezing cold takes. Colin Coward's pre-2018 draft takes should lead him to never speak into a microphone Yes. Again. So with that being said, I'm going with Michael McCorkle and company, and I'm taking the Patriots over the Carolina Panthers. Minnesota, after a disappointing loss on Sunday Night Football, gets a tough test with Baltimore. I think Minnesota's a pack of frauds. I think Baltimore's actually quite good and might win the AFC now with the Derrick Henry injury. So I will take the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, ditto. Uh, Baltimore off the bye as well. I, I, I've been a very big Lamar Jackson fan this year. Uh, I think they're going to stop it. So, Anti-vax enthusiast Kirk Cousins is under center for the Vikings. Like Aaron Rodgers, they don't like the vaccine. Kirk's also not as good as Aaron Rodgers. And like Chris said, the Vikings are skull frauds. I am going with the Ravens this week for... They're just a better team. Big time bounce back spot here for the LA Chargers. A tough loss to the Patriots. Now they draw the Philadelphia Eagles, who, despite a really big win against Detroit, uh, they stink. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think this is, is I think this is where they bounce back. It is an East Coast game, but I, I do believe in the Chargers. And after what we saw last week, I think they're going to have a lot to prove. Absolutely, Eagles stink. Always have, always will. <laughs> um, I mean, wait. besides the other one, the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were loaded at every yeah, position. I, I just really like the charge, too. Herbert's fantastic. Uh, I, I think they're definitely going to bounce back, so taking L.A. What reason do we not? Do I not have to pick uh, the Chargers? That's really all I'm going to say. Nice. I really don't have anything else. The 425 game of the week, the Green Bay Packers heading to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers, as we said, will not be playing. Patrick Mahomes will, as will Jordan Love. Uh, originally, I had Green Bay in. Uh, but I can't pick a guy I've never seen play before. So just based on that, I'm going to go with Kansas City, although it will not surprise me if Green Bay goes in there and wins. I was, I was thinking the same. Was Mahomes initially not supposed to play this week? Am no, I, I think he always No, he is. Play. He's I just bad. there was some rumor that he might have been sitting, so that was what had me leaning towards the Packers just because, you know, new QB and horrible defense that he's going against. But with Mahomes playing, I think, especially the Chiefs got a little bit of ground under them after a win last week. Yeah, Kansas City. Go Pack, go. Go, Pack, go. Yeah, we already know. We, we know, know, yeah. Well, I look. <laughs> All right, Arizona is going to play against San Francisco with the other 425 game. I think Arizona is going to roll in this one. San Francisco is not particularly good, and Arizona is quite good. Yeah, Arizona coming off a bye as well after a tough loss uh, to Green Bay. 
uh, the other week. So I think they're ready to kind of get back on track and keep winning and, and hopefully get home field advantage in the NFC. I like Arizona. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, I'm going with yeah. I'm going with Kyler and the crew as well. It's very obvious. But the one thing I will say is Debo Samuel yeah. looks yeah. really good. He's had a really nice season. Really nice season. Really nice season there. We mentioned the Derrick Henry injury. Tennessee's first game against the Los Angeles Rams. Von Miller's first game with that team. I'm taking I'm taking the Rams. I think that they are now the favorites in the NFC with the Aaron Rodgers situation and the Cardinals loss to the Packers. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are, are ridiculous. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I've, I've always thought they could and should make the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm obviously going to stand by that now as they're even stronger. So Rams either way. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I think I stated my reasons earlier. Tannehill's going to be thrown into the no-fly zone, unfortunately. A.J. Brown's going to get doubled. So I, just the Rams and <laughs> everything about them is way too good. The Monday night game is bad. It Chicago is bad. and Pittsburgh, two Duh, teams who are just not very good. I think Chicago is just one of the stark worst teams in the entire National <laughs> yes. Football League. So I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers simply because Chicago stinks. Yeah, that's that's literally my only reason. Uh, I think Big Ben needs to get out of there. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> though. Uh, uh, you know, or do it, they need to get out of Big Ben? That that might be the more uh, actually. I guess delete the uh, team. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I mean more so than than. I think that was kind of what I'm getting at. But yeah, uh, Steelers should kind of switch something up, in my opinion, especially after what happened last year. Uh, but yeah, the Bears suck. So, duh, Bears. We'll lose this week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tiny Watt and company again are probably going to eat Justin Fields alive. They will feast on that horrifyingly bad Bears de- uh, offensive line. And Allen Robinson is once again going to blank this week. So, good luck to the Bears. You will never be more superior than the cheese ever again. Okay. So there's our picks for this week. I went ten and four last week. I won last week's pick'em. Um, pretty handily so that feels pretty good um and i think this this is a better slate we had two weeks of bad slates we have a good slate this week finally uh with a great sunday night game so very excited for this week thank you guys for for hopping on early in the morning uh nick fada thomas aiello i'm chris hennessy enjoy week nine in the national football league